If you want to listen to a almost 38-year-old grown adult drone on for almost an hour about every rollerblade he's ever owned since the early 90s, well, you've come to the right place. And also, if you are somebody who has clicked on this video because of the title or the thumbnail or you've got here somehow and you're thinking to yourself, People bought and used rollerblades after the 90s, and companies still made rollerblades? Believe it or not, there was a group of people that continued to rollerblade not only in the 2000s, but also in the 2010s. Yes, the whole time. Every skate that I'm going to talk about here, uh, I bought and used skates every single year since the early 90s. Um, I'm a normal person <laughs> with, a, with a job and a wife and a child. I turned out okay, even though I rollerbladed for uh, almost three decades without stopping. So, welcome. And here we go. Um, I'm going to try and get through it fairly quickly. Hopefully, too many, not too many um, side trails. And... Uh, there are some, some clear uh, skate crisis zones that I'm going to touch upon. And the list also leans heavily on two brands of skates, um, which is Remedies, the early days, Rems and K2. And that's because um, not only did I like the skates, but I was a, I was a, a rider for both of these companies, a, a flow rider which I'll go into more depth. Um, so here we go. My first time trying rollerblades were these Bauer three-wheel kids rentals out at a place called Shushwap Lake, um, a summer vacation spot outside of Kamloops. Yep, you could rent rollerblades and try them in, in the early 1990s. And I have a photo of my first time trying rollerblades I think I'm 10 or 11 here. I don't know the exact date, but if I look at a picture of myself in grade three, um, it looks like around the same time. I'm very little. Um, and as a very serious hockey player at the time, which continued on through the years, the hockey connection, I took two rollerblades right away. They felt amazing. And just the idea of being able to skate on something that felt like ice skates anywhere where there was cement is or was incredible it still is but it was incredible i remember being hooked on the feeling right away it was just i wanted a pair of rollerblades after trying them actually a lot of people have a similar story that you meet through rollerblading or people that got hooked on skating and some of the best skaters greatest skaters of all time Haffy and Broscow, arlo a bunch of people came from hockey or ice skating so a lot of us, we actually had no idea about skateboard culture or whatever was happening with the early days of aggressive inline skating hadn't really happened yet or it hadn't struck us yet. Um, so I think I wanted to, obviously wanted a pair of rollerblades, so I begged my parents for a birthday or Christmas or something. And I have a clear memory of going to the bay in Kamloops and getting my 
mom went with me and uh, I would have been maybe 12 at this point or still 11, I'm not sure. And they had a stack of Ultra Wheels, uh, which was like the Wayne Gretzky endorsed brand in the Bay. They were black with black and turquoise with like turquoise wheels. I'm pretty sure they were Ultra Wheels. They might be Bauer, but I, I'm pretty sure they were Ultra Wheels. Um, and you think of distribution at the time to know that you could have just gone into a big department store somewhere in Canada and and after trying them at like maybe a rental place because that was really popular, you could go into a, a department store in a small town and get a, something endorsed by a hockey player on the box, Wayne Gretzky, in the Bay. And I remember the idea of like having something, skates of my own, was very exciting. I'm not sure if I can find a picture of this, but I'll try. After that, I started heavily playing roller hockey, obviously, skating around a lot. And uh, I got a pair of ultra wheels. They were hockey skates. And I played a lot of roller hockey in a very like uh, a hodgepodge. I don't know if that's the right word, but in the KXA building, they would just turn benches over to their side and there was a roller hockey league. KXA was like where they had rodeos and, and um, home show, home shows and stuff. And uh, there was a, the beginnings of roller hockey league. Um, and I would use my, I probably used those ultra wheels, like the very first ones, just like a, just like a standard black boot. And then my next pair were a pair of hockey skates. Uh, and then on a, on a very important day in my life, probably grade seven at this point, maybe going into grade eight, but grade seven. So that's like what, 12 or 13. Um, I went into a plate against sports and I saw, oh, actually a side note, I would do quote unquote tricks in these skates. Like I would jump in them. I think a lot of people did. They played roller hockey and they jumped off of stuff. And my first real trick was again out at Shushwap Lake. I jumped off of a concrete gap thing into grass. There's a picture of it. It was on the back cover of um, Better Than Baseball. And you can see the ultra wheel skates, the hockey skates in that photo. But I went into play it again sports. I don't know, time-wise, it's hard to say if it was summer going into grade 8 or in grade 7. Pretty sure in grade 7. And I saw uh, a video playing on the TV of, of who I would learn would be Dave Kalash front-siding a 394-foot handrail. And you could rent um, this video called Mad Beef. There's a guy named Chad Watson working at the counter who was getting into aggressive inline skating. I didn't even know that's what it was called. And uh, that was it. I didn't even know, I maybe saw at Whistler at the bottom of the chairlift, there was a skate park. I think I saw a guy do a, a handstand at one point. Sorry, water. But yeah, that was, that was when I found out there was actually, you could do grinds on them. I didn't even know that was possible. And there was a whole thing around this style of skating. And then he showed my friend Colin and I on the wall, they had Kryptonics wheels and Sonic grind plates. And I think he let us know that if you want to do the tricks, then you need the grind plates and the smaller wheels. So I got those for the hockey skates. 
and that was the beginning of you would go to a, a, a school and find a bike rack and and push your push yourself along the bike rack to try and slide it on your skates and that was the beginning of uh, being able to take home mad beef was similar to being able to take home your first pair of skates like these worlds were opening up where you see something and you hockey was exciting but this was very very exciting because it was new i didn't even i didn't even know it existed and then you see it you're blown away you don't even know these things are possible on skates so then it evolved into uh 1995 i was a very serious hockey player rep hockey player and i got to see at played against sports again it comes into play the distribution of skates so that skates were available at the bay and and there was a guy at played against sports who ordered in the right stuff and somehow knew about mad beef i'm not sure how that worked but i saw the tarmac ce which stands for Chris Edwards. And that was the first pair of real aggressive skates that I saw. And I think it was probably like a combined Christmas and birthday present. And that, those were the ones with the uh, bridge grind plates in the middle and the clearish brownish hyper wheels. I think they had a power strap. Um, I remember getting Lazy Legs pads, and that was the beginning of the obsession of uh, Mad Beef, the bottom line, and my Tarmax. I remember, Lucy, I remember playing a hockey game that day, and the skates were waiting in the vehicle, um, and all I could think about was using these skates. Um, from there, it was the Roses Majestic 12. Um, I think that was a Christmas present, probably combined birthday present the fall. You know, like whatever way you could could uh, figure out how to get your next pair of skates. Combined Christmas birthday was a good way to go. And it was probably easy for parents too. Uh, I got the black M12s, so that was where had the low rider wheels and the red grind plates. Um, I think I skated those anti they fit really well. I learned a lot. I was skating a lot. Uh, those were great skates. Big, big summer in those skates. Um, yeah, going to comp going to my first competitions or yeah, that to know the the lowrider frame um, and the the more solid boot was a big deal with those skates. Um, at the same time, I was still heavily into roller hockey. I was always a Bauer, a Bauer guy in hockey. That was, I think, before they got bought out by Nike or Nike, whatever way you say it. Um, so I got my Bauer 4000 skates, uh, an older pair of hockey skates converted at Played Against Sports to have a hockey chassis on the bottom and played in like a more professional roller hockey league. I remember getting special like uh, green wheels and new learn how to hockey stop. And I think our team won whatever the comp tournament was that year. Those skates were amazing. Actual hockey skates with a hockey chassis bolted onto the bottom with amazing soft green wheels. I think they're made for indoor, I'm not sure. But yeah, wheel slides. 
game changing. If the other people in roller hockey don't know how to do wheel slides, it's a game changer if you can. Direction changers. Next, this is probably around 1996. This um, The following Christmas was white M12s with CDS Detroit heel plates. Heel plates started to come in. So this was 1996 or 97. Um, green CDS Detroit heel plates to help with your alley-oop grinds. This is when I started to learn alley-oop grinds and I had medium Jake Elliott wheels, flat, 54 millimeter. I think this is um, maybe from roller hockey I started to skate flat more. Um, but this expanded my idea of skating because it wasn't just grinding. I got more into gaps and things. And I think whatever, I think maybe VG7 was the video at the time uh, in that era. So maybe watching Josh Petty, I was very influenced to have flat and go fast. Oh, and also Jeff Frederick in VG7, I think was an influence to get those skates. Moving on, uh, lots of people were skating in Kamloops and I remember trying a friend's uh, K2 Backyard Bobs and I remember getting that weird fallback feeling at first. But then after um, getting used to them, the big sole, the low rider feeling, the backslide, they felt like shoes and they felt completely different than any other skate. They weren't like the traditional hard boots that I had all used or anything. They didn't feel like hockey skates. They felt like the first, sounds so corny, but real aggressive inline skate. Um, and I remember when I got those skates, I can't remember when, 97 maybe again or I don't know, but from it was cool being able to try other people's skates, but I remember I progressed so much on those skates. I learned, I did my first handrails. Um, they helped with my personal style, and I skated a lot different than I did in the Roses. The only thing about those was the backslide plate wore out really quickly. Um, and I can't remember, I think I skated those flat as well. Then this is the era, you think of 96, 97, 98, was uh, when the cash just started flowing and companies were making tons of different skates. So you could go into a sport mart in Canada at the time and they had an actual wall of aggressive skates. They had K2, they had Roses, they had Bauer, I'm trying to think of what else. But because of the hockey relation and because I loved Bauer's, hockey skates. Um, it was exciting that Bauer made an aggressive skate. They were definitely strange looking. There was the green ones and the brown ones, but I loved uh, the Sam Fogarty Daily Bread interview where he had the green ones. And I remember trying a friend's, uh, again, like you could try, there were so many people that had skates, you could try different skates at the time. And you could try them on in a shop. Like they were very readily available, even in a small town like Kamloops. Kamloops, British Columbia. So I remember trying the Bowers and I liked them because of the hockey thing and they were actually pretty good apart from the sole plate being kind of hollow feeling. Uh, the frame was really good. It slid really well. Um, they were comfortable. The liner was a bit weird but I, I just liked the feel of the skate 
And it was very unconventional at the time to switch from K2 to Bauer, but I also liked the Canadian connection. I'm not sure if Nike had bought them out yet, but I loved that they had Canadian team riders and that Bauer was a Canadian company. I'm not sure the history on that. Someone has to um, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was the hockey connection and the Canada connection that made me excited about Bauer. Probably my gromness too. I probably thought, oh, I could probably get sponsored by Bauer because they're from Canada and, you know, you remember how a young person, a young T-Dog or Grom thinks. So from the Bauer, uh, Solomon was getting into the sport and um, they produced, they were so brilliant because you would do uh, comps. There was the Canadian aggressive tour at that point where there would be competitions where you would meet people from different cities now um, and Solomon would have a booth where you could try one of, one of their skates on your foot and then the current skate that you had uh, and what the fatty or the backyard Bob had been with K2 Solomon kind of upped the game even more with the crazy technology and engineering a big thing with that one was the shock absorber they didn't slide great but um, they felt amazing. Like as soon as you put it on and compared it to your current skate, they were more comfortable. They felt really fast. Um, the boot shape was really unique. Uh, the frame was really unique. The wheels they came with were quality. Um, so I moved on to the ST9. Those were like the brownie khaki ones. Although they slid slow, the shock absorber was next level um, in Kamloops for doing gaps. And it was right around the time Hoax 5 came out, so it just changed the way we skated in Kamloops. You would just find stuff that was really big and try and jump off of it. Um, at this point, I'm definitely realizing I'm a huge Grom and that I the the part of me that still loves to try different skates is this is happening now so this is 1998 going into 1999 i traced my foot or i i saw um i think it was in transcend jason marshall marshall using um the remedy skates maybe saw an ad in daily bread and because it was so unique uh the low cut shoe with the v-cut in the back just the ad of kato poking his toes out um was unlike anything i had ever seen and at that point i realized that trying different types of technology could change your skating or change the way you look at it so I remember tracing my foot faxing it to kato i was the first customer uh in canada for rems remedies at the time and kato is such a G that he lost money shipping those skates to me because he I don't know if he had done shipping to Canada so there was probably import charges that he had so thank you Kato for uh, for taking a hit because those skates changed my life the K2s were good and the Solomons were good but these I, I remember calling him and he, asked, he said, do you like a nice tight fit on your skate? And I said, yes. And then he sent them and I, you know, he had the foot tracing 
they I have nice uh, thin feet, so those original remedies didn't fit fit wide feet very well. Um, I thought they were too small when I got them, but I called him and he said, you know, once they break in, they'll start to feel really good. And then those skates, I progressed even more. Um, it was probably my love of skating, um, and my age at the time, but the way you could point your toes, the V cut in the back, the tight fit, the way they laced up, uh, how they were soft but responsive at the same time such amazing skates um i remember putting them on like not a decade later but years later and skated so good in them until i broke the frames in them because they just uh they felt like amazing shoes they make me want to try adapts one day but um i'm not ready for adapts i want to try adapts if they feel like remedies Next, because um, I'm a Grom and I wanted to try different skates, I got, uh, trying to think if this was through. So uh, there's gonna be lots of K2s coming up because I started, no, probably not yet. I knew a rep from K2, Jason, who ended up hooking me up with being able to do product videos in exchange for product later on. But I think, I don't know, if I got a deal on these or what, but the K2 King 55 was my next skate. Um, I don't know why I switched from Remedies to those, but it must have had something to do with their marketing or something in Daily Bread. Maybe the Sean Robertson interview or Eric Burke in FOR, I'm not sure. I remember these skates being Probably the most supportive skates I ever had. They were super fast because of the face 60 wheels with the big core. Um, I remember them being really good for mini ramp. We would skate this weird indoor mini ramp in Kelowna and there was one in Kamloops. Uh, but I think they weren't, maybe because I was skating flat 60, they, they were great. And I look back on them fondly, but they weren't the skates for me compared to some of my other favorite skates. So that takes us to 2000. That was a whole decade of skates. Now for 2000 to 2010, um, the USD Shima Cyrus, um, they weren't good. They were big, wide, sloppy, the frames broke on them. They were fine for um, the back to blading word. Fine. They were fine for just if you just wanted to do nice grinds on rails, then then they're good. Other than that, didn't like them. Broke the frames. Uh, I think the story behind those is that uh, Maybe Power Slide made the 5050 frames and 5050 didn't have full quality control, so I remember the frames snapping right down the middle. Um, and I had, I think I had aluminum grind plates and flat in them, and they just were sloppy and all over the place. Um, I have no good memories of those skates apart from doing a nice backslide in them. Sloptastic. 
That was probably right around when I was drinking age too. So maybe I was hung over sometimes when I was skating um, in some sloppy skates. In this era, I also had got... So this is like early 2000s, 2000 to 2003 or 2004-ish. Um, multiple pairs of remedies, uh, gray and black ones, and the white and red ones. They were, I think, a size bigger or a size and a half bigger than my red and black ones. Um, the gray and black ones were amazing, super supportive, stiff. The white and red ones were an older model. Um, a little bit softer um, and not as supportive, but I skated, I loved both of those skates, skated really good in them. Skated anti-rocker in both of those. I skated the white ones uh, freestyle with no middle wheels. And uh, I guess maybe Mind Game influenced me to do that, I don't know. And then the gray ones I had Higgs anti-rocker in the middle. I also got a pair of um, Razor Elliot's in this era. Uh, didn't like those skates. They were the liner was uncomfortable and hurt my feet. They came flat. Uh, the frames and wheels were okay. They just I remember the hardware came loose and I just didn't like them. I got some good tricks in them. I think I ended up selling those to somebody. Yeah, I didn't, you're going to see on this list, there's barely any rollerblade skates apart from the Tarmax. Razors does not fare well, and neither does USD. So it's heavy on the K2 uh, and REMS, and eventually Seba and them down the road. Oh, with a little dash of Roses and Solomon here and there. Uh, next, this is when I was starting to do video... Um, product knowledge videos for K2 through my friend Jason. Um, so I got a pair of K2 Naturals through that. But the dumb thing about about this is this is when 50-50 frames, the juice blocks first came out. So I got him to UFS the bottom, like shave off the frame that was on the skates so I could put 50-50 frames and juice blocks on. Not the greatest choice, but the, there will be many experiments in these three decades that aren't going to work. But you have to try. I just don't know what inspired that. More freestyle stuff happening. Strange. Um, yeah, those. this is 2004-ish now. They were okay. I probably should have left them be. Um, I think they were a little bit too supportive for me. So there's something just didn't work. See, this is kind of a skate crisis era. There's a lot going on. Not no solid choices. I would say the gray and black rims were easily the best out of this era. Mm. Next, um, through Jason again, K2 had their new boots, the transfer, and the Nemesis. The transfer was the giant gray and black snowboard boot looking things and the nemesis were the white and red snowboard boot looking things didn't get on well with either of these at all um i think i skated the the nemesis with the juice block frames and just it just was not a good time um 
I think I ended up selling the transfers to Todd. He did a nice 900 in them. Uh, he skated them quite well. The just I understand those skates now, and I think they they would work for a lot of people now. They were just so big. Pat Lennon rocked them amazingly for how he skated. They they suited that like doing huge tricks in anti-rocker but like they didn't feel good to skate flat in it's hard to explain uh just not good oh that's why i was in a skate crisis they had run out of uh the non-ufs remedies because for maybe three years it felt like was it three years it felt like a long time that kato was working on the ufs remedies so ufs was the frame system that um, Solomon came up with in the in the early 2000s or the industry standard where you could switch different frames so that's why um, those K2 skates weren't as good because as soon as they gave into UFS the quality went down because um, their skates were almost better without UFS it's hard to explain that's a whole other thing look at uh, the back to blading video about UFS he explains it very well but so obviously it was an escape crisis because of um, the UFS REMs were being worked on. Um, so this is, I guess it's the 031 that came out or the 041, the beige looking skate with teal bluish accents. I remember uh, taking a road trip to Calgary while filming Cirque du Soleil and buying the skates from Gang Store. I think it was Sean Unwin at the time. We had made all these friends from, um, sorry, competing in these Canadian Aggressive Tour things. And then the Canadian Aggressive Tour went away because the industry was starting to tank a little bit. But we would all hang out and skate um, and film for video projects and stuff. And they had started a little shop project. And I remember paying, I'm pretty sure it was Unwin in cash on this filming trip to Calgary and getting the the Remzo three ones, and this was a huge skate for me. Um, and I I think I skated them with the cuffs on for the first little bit, but then uh, before we went home, drove back to Canals, I took the cuffs off, and that was the game changer. Skating them flat, cuffless, amazing. The feel was so crazy. Like my ankle muscles were so weak when I first started skating them, and then over time they built up. Game changing skate for me. Mm. The liner was really comfortable in those skates and the quality went down uh, for the liner in probably the next decade, I would say. Or no, actually there were some bad REMS models here and there near the end of this decade. Um, but yeah, that is one of my favorite pairs of skates from that decade was that first pair of UFS rims. I'm pretty sure it's called the 031. I'll have to look it up. Uh, around this time, still doing product videos for K2s. Um, I got my first pair of free skates, the K2 Soul 7s. If you're wondering what happened to my hockey career, uh, I became so obsessed with skating that I quit in the middle of a key year for hockey where uh, it, like I could have started going in the serious hockey direction, but skating had just fully consumed me. It was too exciting. Um, and 
although I loved hockey, it was just getting to that very serious. It was hockey was the opposite of skating at the time. It was just super serious, and it just wasn't the same. It wasn't as fun anymore. Um, I know it's crazy. You chose rollerblading. You chose rollerblading. Yes, it's true. From doing product videos, I got my first pair of uh, free skates, the K2 Soul 7s. Uh, at the time, it was very taboo to uh, play roller hockey, use big wheels. Um, I think, I don't know who we can, Daily Bread, Senate, all that. There, we were, <laughs> we were like little cult people who uh, were giving into all these unwritten rules. So it was funny, like the Soul 7s were a great free skate. And I think K2 was making free skates to compete with Solomon had started doing the free skate stuff. K2 always does stuff as a reaction to what's happening um, in the industry. So I think Solomon started doing the free skate thing. So then K2 had to do it. They were amazing skates. I still have them. They felt amazing. They were super fun, but it was funny that like those didn't count as quote unquote real skates. So they weren't integrated into my life. They were a weird fun thing that I would maybe put on once in a while, but outside of that, um, they were separate in my mind. That'll change though later. Then I got the yellow 250 CCs for doing the product videos. Um, I still have those, they're for sale. And I also sold a pair to Joel Beaver who killed it in them. And I'm not sure what video, but really amazing skates. But I was so into REMS that um, the K2 felt way too uh, supportive and not flexy enough for how I skated at the time. Next, I um, got on Outaline as a team rider and I was the, um, I got flowed a set of rims. I guess things were going well at that time because we kept making videos. So maybe, yeah, Cirque du Soleil had come out and we had done OK Buddy and How to Be Unpopular before that. So I got a pair of halfy rims, the gray and black ones, through a shop. Um, and also the REMS 031LE, which I painted black. They were like a beige with a beige toe cap. Um, that's, those are both in the Better Than Baseball era. Both amazing skates. Uh, the halfy REMS especially were very quality and supportive. The liner was good on both of those. Yeah, I painted the 031LE black. And I used those heavily in Better Than Baseball. Uh, skated flat in ground control frames. Just had my setup dialed at this point. The UFS rims were it for me. Um, unfortunately, uh, partway through the first year of filming for Better Than Baseball, I was doing a dirt slide across a corner ledge. Um, that's a fish brain set slide. At least that's what I think it's called. Um, I think that's what Feinberg called it, dirt slide. So you, you're fish braining a flat surface. You're not locked into anything. 
And I did it so good that I was still in the pose, came off the ledge and sprained my ankle, fourth degree sprain, closest you can possibly do before breaking it. Thank you, Blade God, um, for my ankle not breaking there. But I was out for a long time. And I had to reflect on life and being obsessed with rollerblading. This was 2005, 2006. I remember having a key moment in the middle of that injury where I realized there was more things that, that, um, that family, uh, education, girlfriend, wife, all that stuff. Like I, that stuff is very important. So, and then also being 23 or 24, um, and having an injury that put me out, all of my eggs were in the rollerblading basket. So the next product videos I did, I got a pair of, um, or wait, no, no, no. I remember how this went. I went for a rec skate when my ankle was healing. It was like after three months out, I went for a rec skate. This is the, yeah, I've told this on the podcast, but I went for a rec skate in my halfies with 56 millimeters flat on a really gravelly Kamloops road. And I was listening to Arcade Fire's first album, Funeral, um, Another key moment where I like went wreck skating in my aggressive skates, but that's how, in, uh, that's how much I still believed in the whole, like, no, 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 you don't skate big wheels. If you're an aggressive inline skater, what a dumb thing to think about in retrospect, but the freedom that I felt and exercising, doing something for my ankle, listening to music, it was very inspiring. So that was, yeah, around 2006, whenever Funeral first came out. You know, you have your iPod, and you're going down a hill in your REMS, and you're listening to music, and you don't have to do any tricks. Um, there's no team, there's no filming. I had reconnected to skating in a new way. So for the product video um, for K2 that year, I remember getting a pair of Radical... 100s I think they were called and although they made my ankles bleed to break them in from rubbing I think it was because I skated in ankle socks or skated them sockless uh, those changed my life in a big way I started speed skating not speed skating but like going for long rec skates in a pair of speed skates and my ankle healed up and my fitness got way better uh, my strength got way better. It was just a good time in general. Um, and it was a weird thing at that time to to do that within skating. That if you did tricks, aggressive inline skating, whatever, if you were a street skater or a park skater, that, that it wasn't normal or accepted to do that. What a bizarre thing to think about in retrospect. After that, there was the REMS 061 that I got. Um, I bought those ones. I think Autoline had closed down, or I'm not sure. I think Autoline had closed down at that point. Um, the REMS 061, they hurt. The fit wasn't right. The straps were weird. My ankles bled, um, 
just not a good time. You can see in the footage too that they look really uh, small and painful. Um, the only upside to that is I had night plates on, which was an interesting experiment. But I, I find UHMW is a kind of a, it's a weird feeling grind. After that, uh, because of Face the Music, the roses Ollie Short, uh, which were amazing. It was great to return to that exact same boot that I had skated, I guess, 10 years prior. So this is a decade in now. Um, is it a decade in? Whoa, no, that's like 20 years later. No, it's not. Oh, it's like, uh, no, it's only 10 years later. Um, the Rose is Ollie Short. Face the Music was amazing. Uh, Dunkel was doing a great job with the brand. I wanted the Ollie Short skates. Those were the first pro M12s. Love those skates. Uh, a lot of like old feel came back from skating size 10 roses earlier. Uh, skated those rockered. But uh, when I needed replacement sole plates for them, I love those skates. Size 10 replacement sole plates were not available, not only in North America, but I'm pretty sure everywhere online in all of the world, I couldn't get replacement sole plates for my Ollie shorts, which there's another story with that after. The industry was in such a weird spot that I think it was because it was switching over to Volo. There were only Volo sole plates available and I got Volo sole plates for them and they made the skates feel super heavy on the bottom. They made them feel like shit. Which brings me to um, Jado was coming out around that time. So I think Outerline's either dead or almost dead. These are like mixed up year-wise. 2007, 2008, not sure. But the first Jado's came out. I'm a sucker for any new technology. Uh, not so much anymore. I think I know what I like, but still, you want to try the new exciting stuff. So I got the Latimer Jados, the Solomon made ones. Um, and around that uh, year or two later, around that same time, I also got the Farmers. That was during Mushroom Blading 1. I hated the way that those skates felt for skating around. I hated the way they felt for soul grinds. Uh, they were responsive and they were good for some stuff. I hated the cuff, how restrictive it was. I hated my stance when I landed. The poop stance or something to do with the alignment. People landed really weird in those skates. Um, some people skated amazingly in them, like Latimer, Todd, Wubeski, the list goes on and on and on. Another thing, so the industry again was in such a weird place that I needed replacement sole plates for my Jados. Like the Rose is always short. Couldn't get them. Couldn't get them. So funny to think that the industry was like, uh, see this arrow rollerblading was dead to the mainstream 
or to most people. Not only was it dead, but it was just getting consistently shit on by pop culture, especially in North America. In Europe, probably not as much, but like in the in the words of Arlo Weisenberg, no one was high-fiving you down the street going, that's cool, man. Well, he said, not only did um, was rollerblading not part of anything to do with the mainstream culture. People didn't want to see it. And if you did see it, it was in a joking way. Uh, so if you ever watch the intro of the first mushroom blading video, that feeling or that I tried to capture that feeling and it made me really angry cause, uh, but it's part of the growth, I guess. Uh, but man, you, you look at, um, certain things like punk rock or skateboarding when they went underground it wasn't nearly as long like to a lot of people rollerblading is still underground like two decades almost two decades where somebody thinks an activity is completely dead that people don't do anymore is it's pretty wild when there's a huge group of people all around the world and videos being made that's what made it exciting too i mean you couldn't get parts for certain skates and you definitely weren't cool for doing it, but it was cool to be a part of something um, that underground and that disliked, that something that was so fun still. Uh, but I digress. Um, so hated the shadows, still skated them because that was, I think I wanted to be Dustin Latimer. But if you're a tall Canadian, uh, who likes to skate flat and skated rems a lot. Shadows maybe not the best choice for you. So I went back to rems. This is 07, 08-ish. Um, this is a skate crisis, this little stretch here. Uh, not like the quality wasn't as good. This is n no longer a rems rider, just wanting to buy something that I really like. Um, and there were some dud models that I still skated. They were just not as comfortable, but I at least reconnected to what I liked to skate. I remember going to a Wednesday or Thursday night skate and our friend Brian Baxter saying that I looked like myself again or something along those lines, that you look comfortable in those skates when I went back to REMS. So that was the mushroom blading three and four, two, three and four. Era back in rims, uh, flat frames, either physics or 50-50 frames. Also in this era, um, the Rems OS-1, easily one of the most uncomfortable, uh, worst-feeling skates I've ever had. Um, it was a price point Rems. They looked so ninja. Uh, there's a pod, there's a podcast of Todd and I talking about them where it was me, Josh, Leon, Todd was still in his shadows. I think we had all got them and went, uh, to skate this spot can be this ledge spot. And I think all of us, I think stopped skating them after the first session or all of us were having so many foot pains and blisters. And it, it was just funny being at a session where 
three out of the four people were super excited to skate these new ninja looking skates and everybody was having a bad time except for todd i think he was the thing about shadows they were comfortable but whoo the rems os one big misstep it was like hit and miss like half the rims were really good and then the other half that i had tried the quality or the skin or there was things that just weren't right uh you couldn't mess with any of the first era models the first three or four models the first couple of halfies were amazing skates um so back into skate crisis again i don't know why i just didn't go back i think i went back and forth between rems and some of these things i got a pair of um I bought a pair of the Razors, the first SLs, which were the Aragon ones. And again, I think I gave them two or three sessions. They felt horrible. They felt wide. They felt sloppy. The grind angles felt dumb, especially for Royales. Uh, They just didn't feel good. Josh Silver famously bought them. Yeah, I think he bought them along with me, or he tried mine, I can't remember, but he tried them one run in the bowl, and in a bowl at a skate park, and did all of his tricks. He did a really nice line, but he just went, no, after he got out of the bowl and just took them off, and it was so funny, because he he skated them really well and landed all of his tricks, but he got the same feeling, that they just didn't, the liner had all this shit everywhere the neoprene thing they just didn't feel good i think the newer ones are better but i just uh razors was oh for two for me first the elliots and then those are the sl people love the sl though so power to them uh around this same time i think that was the vancouver era so we're nearing the end of this decade we're uh, getting close to 2010. We're kind of 2008, 2009. Um, I got a pair of, uh, I think I was still using the K2s to exercise in Vancouver. When I got moved back to Kamloops, I got a pair of Bont semi-race with the three-point mount. Amazing boots. Um, way more responsive and fast than the K2 ones I was using, the Radicals or the Radical Pro. This is where I actually got into trying different, like uh, upgrading better wheels. And that's when I think I tried, um, oh, what were they called? Adam's Inline sold their own kind of wheels and I don't know who poured them, but they were way faster than the stock wheels. That's where I started to understand wheel quality was more important because I, I don't, outside of face wheels for aggressive, I don't know if I had a preference really. So, um, those were life-changing in terms of how unique a uh, higher-end race skate could feel on a rough road with good wheels, the speed that you could get going. Um, and again, like the fitness aspect, helping doing tricks on skates was a big deal. Also, that ankle strength from the REMS, building that up with a low-cut race boot. Pretty amazing skates. I need to get them fixed. The buckle's broken and the Velcro doesn't work, so I have to hockey tape them if I use them, but the three-point mount's really solid. Highly recommend them. I don't I don't know if they're still making the semi-race, but good. Um, was a sucker for the Deshi Carbon first coming out. I thought that maybe they, that the feel of my Bont skates mixed with REMS, like a very really responsive... Um, 
I like that idea of carbon, like a speed skate feel in an aggressive skate, but again, so that was my second pair of USDs. Sorry, I hit my hand there. Um, didn't like them within the first session or the second, and they were pricey. So I sold them to Dana and he skated them very well. He's in those skates in Mushroom Blading too. Sometimes you just know right away that you don't like a skate and that was definitely one of the, it's funny cause I think Todd was in those skates too in Mushroom. Yeah, Todd and Dana were both in Deshi Carbons for Mushroom Blading too and I'm in back in REMS. So that was around this era that I, I always would go back to REMS. Even if they weren't super quality it was just the place that was comfortable and that I skated the best in. Then flat, um, rems flat, cuffless. That was my skate for, that was the main skate for the decade, even though I tried a bunch of other stuff. So now we're into 2010 to the present. Um, somewhere along the lines, I, I don't, I got in contact with Kato, or I don't know how, but I got, I got flowed a pair of the, maybe through Shop Task, possibly. I got a pair of the Rems, Halfy, the 2.0, the white ones, amazing skates. Uh, equal, easily one of the best Rems ever, um, and on point or better than the first, than the earliest Rems. Uh, yeah, amazing skates. They came with the V-cut. They came exactly how Haffy had set them up. Um, so they had a V-cut cuff and the strap instead of the buckle on the cuff. They were amazing. Can't say anything bad about them. Funny enough, that was the first uh, REMS that I used the updated sole plates. I always had a huge stock and still do of the three piece or two piece, whatever you want to call them, but the backslide plate, the negative and positive plate, and then the heel piece. When they started making them one piece, I thought it uh, took away the feel of the skate a little bit, the close feel. Um, but people were snapping frames with the old soles. So I think especially if you skated anti or freestyle, you were more likely to snap the soles, but they, the one piece felt really good on the halfies. Uh, next, there's a bunch of rems here. The True Balance model, which was, oh yeah, at this point I was getting skates from rems, I guess because mushroom blading two, three, and four had all come out and I was in rems for all those. So I think I was getting them either through shop task or directly from REMS, not sure, but shout out to Kato and shout out to shoutouts. The True Balance model was the model where um, they had changed the alignment. So this was a different sole plate that wasn't compatible with any of the previous models. Um, there was less uh, prone, pronation in, a lot of people would, uh, stood weird or uh, would get the sixth toe feeling in REMS because of the way the alignment was. So I think it was the heel moved in. Um, but I remember enjoying these. There was a little bit like too much stuff on them. They felt bigger and bulkier. But I remember really liking these skates. Um, 
and loving the new alignment, especially the way my knees and back felt after skating them. Something about having the alignment switched was really nice. I, and then there was also a, a orange and black model of this skate that I skated that I really liked. Still a bit, um, a bit like puffier um, and maybe a little bit too much stuff, but still good. And then there was the Rems Happy 2.0, the black ones. I think I bought those ones because I liked the white ones so much. And I wanted a skate that you could use the old style sole plates on. Because although I liked the bigger sole plate, I still liked the close feel of the old sole plate. So I think I bought those ones. Um, and then somewhere in the mix here, because Jada was doing a pretty, this, these were power slide Jadas now, not Solomon Jadas. The, um, the quality was not as good, but their team was amazing and they were doing a great job with marketing. And maybe Shop Task had like a two for one deal. So I got the red Stockwells and I think the um, Schwab skates. I skated the red Stockwells once and then ended up selling both pairs. These things happen. You know, you want to try something else and it just doesn't work out, you know? But there is evidence of me skating the red ones. Some, uh, yeah, I'll just, I think I do a spinny cess and a weird hand plant thing. Then um, I saw the, the K2 contact came back through Mike Powell. I think I hit him up and um, wanted to try the red varsity because the K2 hadn't made anything in the wild and they made this crazy ass looking skate called the varsity that was really red and had a new sole plate and I had to try it just because of all the K2 stuff I had tried previously and having a little bit of a relationship with them throughout the British Columbia rep. Um, so I got Todd and I a set of those. Thank you to Mike Powell. And um, I really liked those skates and I skated good in them. We both did. Uh, they fit really well. They were comfortable. Uh, they were size nice. K2 always has half sizes, true half sizes. The sole plate slid great. They were a little sloppy, like a little, definitely made cheaper than previous stuff, but the fit and comfort was still there. And the plate, even though it uh, bolted in just with two UFS bolts, the way it clicked on or the way it held onto the boot, yeah, we got a lot of shit for <laughs> using those, but they were good skates. Following that year, um, I think, since I had a video company in town, the product videos came back, but this time it wasn't just for, it was originally product knowledge videos just for BC through J or something. And now this was doing the actual product videos for K2. So I was able to get the updated Varsity, which Luisa Mora came back to K2 and did some work with Robert Leovanos and worked with Powell and improved the red Varsity and then it was the black one. Uh, the liner was better. The materials, it was stiffer. Um, it looked way cooler. Amazing skates, but something about K2 since, um, since 
the kind of the transfer nemesis era and making the, sh the shrine in Lenin, which didn't sell very well and the industry was going down. Uh, they never got their footing. So I, I still think the varsity is a really underrated skate and it, they got Louis Zamora to help with it. And that's still rollerblading so weird that way. It just, it didn't uh, catch on. I also tried a pair of um, fatty pros that I got through doing the product videos because uh, you would have to film the skates on the spinny thing. So I think, yeah, I got fatty pros, tried those. They were so sloppy to the point that you could stand, you could stand in them and bend the cuff all the way over to the ground pretty much that doing them up completely still didn't really do anything. Um, but I skated them maybe with the big frames and yeah skated them with the big frames for a bit and they were just they felt good but they were just too they weren't supportive enough um this era also did a review for the mushroom blading site of the eisler carbon free which skates uk sent to us i think that's who sent it to us because i guess they wanted um they wanted a review and we were playing with that idea of uh doing more review stuff or articles on the site, which I don't like the idea of now. But, um, yeah. Those skates were... I liked them, but I didn't like the skin on them. I didn't like that they had a skin. Um, they just felt puffy and... Uh, same thing, like I, USDs I didn't get on well with. Maybe something about the cuff, I don't know. They got a pretty good review, but I just didn't, like I didn't get excited to continue skating them. Then came the era where we saw Leon in the Seba boot with this crazy looking uh, wakeboard liner in it, and he was killing it, and the skates looked fast and comfortable, and that was the FRA with the pre-intuition skate liner the intuition aqua liner and that was the whole journey of big wheels and big wheels one had started um and that was when it got to that point where um the whole aggressive attitude faded away the industry was so not dead but it didn't matter at that point um what skates you i'd it did to some, but now I remember getting an email from Todd in Vancouver. I was living in Kamloops, and he told me about these skates called Seba um, that him and Leon were skating, or he got to try Leon's one night. I remember the direct quote in the email was, they make aggressives feel like shit, which was always very memorable. And then... I think that's when they started experimenting with, uh, they started doing cone skating. Um, and I remember being at Dallas's stag. I was intrigued by those skates. I was always intrigued by them because it was like the first free skate brand or free skate slalom brand by like somebody who skated had come up with his preferences for a skate. It was exciting because it was outside of 
aggressive, but it was still from somebody who loved to skate. So apparently the skates were really good. I remember uh, at Dallas's Stag at the Salmon Arm Skate Park seeing Leon in these futuristic looking big wheel skates that had a sole plate um, and the now famous, it was a it was a wakeboard liner, intuition liner at the time, pre-intuition skate liner. He had put a a wakeboard liner in this Seba boot and they just looked so responsive and fast and the tricks that he did in them were amazing. And that started the whole uh, big wheels one and two era. Um, so that was the FRA with the Intuition Aqua would have been big wheels one. And it was so exciting at that time because it was the two had merged. So the side of me that used speed skates and had the K2 Soul 7s way back, but also loved to skate flat uh, and wasn't a huge grinder, especially in kind of the late mid to late 2000s. My style was very much rolling and swiveling and wheel slidey things. Uh, so the it was exciting to me that there was this skate that wasn't aggressive. It was called the FRA, like the FR aggressive. That it was just this weird mix and it was a new path to go down that finally the two things are just were starting to mix a little bit more and I, definitely this was an era where nobody cared like rollerblading was so dead to the mainstream that it could be anything to me i don't know that there wasn't really there was like the power blading thing going on it was just kind of a cool new era for skating where there was awesome stuff being made amazing skaters everyone was in it for the right reasons and this experimentation with tech started a little bit um so yeah that was the fra with intuition aqualiner then i tried the seba tricks 90 in this era which was a great boot but you couldn't use the intuition with it and i was really into the rockered frames i need to try that boot again i think it would be really good um as a ufs boot or maybe i would appreciate it more now with using the wizards and everything but i had some of those through leon they were good then um i was confused about aggressive skates at this time and i was watching a lot of alex broskow probably and wanted to try the volo v13 which was basically at this point now just the rosa's m12 um and because the intuition skate liner came out developed from the aqua liner uh i thought i could downsize into a size nine no bad choice bad choice i think i lasted one or two sessions in those i had to sell those um and then around this era yeah so i was able to downsize into a smaller fra boot that was in big wheels two with the intuition skate liner amazing setup the only problem with those is that the uh, frame bolts would get loose which was really annoying. Sometimes you would do a trick and your frame would be in a different position at a bottom of a set of stairs or something like that. Then of course, uh, if you want to hear the whole story about all of the experiments Leon was doing, 
around Big Wheels 2 and the Wizard Frame era. This was life-changing with uh, gutting the, the Seba SX boot and the Seba CJ boot, putting an intuition in it. Leon developing his own frame that took the best pieces of... Uh, it took parts of speed skating and slalom uh, and had combined all these things that I had been experimenting with and that Leon had ex been experimenting with and I had like found um, a setup kind of like the REMS, the cuffless REMS with flat originally how it or the very earliest like a K2 you get a good skate that um, a really good skate that you're comfortable in uh, with some new tech or it can be really basic at the same time but it can bring out parts of your style or parts of your vision for skating that you didn't even know existed or maybe enhance the way you thought of skating in a new way. So this whole era of the wizards and the intuitions and the gutted Seba boots, just amazing. Just amazing. Um, still, like one of my, um, I would probably take these skates, the wizard skate, the wizard setup, I would probably take that more than I would aggressive skates. Aggressive skates are like fun toys that you slide on things with. But for uh, outside of doing tricks, the wizard skate does everything and so many things. Um, and does it really well. Oh, I'm running out of time. Uh, I'll quickly go through. I had a pair of SX with liner. They hurt. Um, they were too small. That's in the Seba Canada edit. I'm in those in the Vancouver scene and they hurt. Then I figured I would try REMS again, I think because I was uh, smoking cannabis one night and thinking like, I should get REMS again. I was maybe like pointing my toes before I went to bed and like, I should try REMS again. Uh, and then I got, so I got the Nils too, the white and red ones, chopped a bunch of stuff on, off of them, filmed 34 soul grinds for turning 34, um, got a black toenail, my toe fell off. I think I skated those twice. They're just sitting in the garage. Definitely the most expensive edit I've ever filmed. Probably cost, uh, 450 Canadian dollars just for that one edit because of those skates. Um, then... The K2 Unnatural, many different versions. I tried the Front Street and the Midtown, all the 2016 versions. When K2 was making another push, that was meeting Rachel. Uh, that was through the Mike Powell contact again. Um, Unnatural was great for, it was very stiff, but it was great for aggressive and for big wheeling. Still is. The 2016 Front Street was kind of weird. It had the toe cap, um, more of a fatty feel, but uh, the unnatural was better. Um, the Midtown was really good. That was their 80 millimeter free skate. Um, it also fits the varsity plate. That's a good skate, underrated. The Midtown's underrated. Midtown and Uptown are underrated. Or maybe I'm thinking of the Uptown. Both the Midtown and the Uptown were both really good, underrated skates. Then there was the K2 Unnatural, the green ones, which are great with R100, great for aggressive, very supportive. 
you can use tall frames on them. You'll get lots of support. The brown and black front streets. There was also the K2 Sodo, um, which was like a redo of the sole boot, but the, um, and it came with the R100, but the support wasn't there. I would say the Unnatural is a better big wheel boot than the Soto, but the Soto looked really cool. Um, I think they had to do it from a sales perspective. I'm going through this really quick. Then I wanted to try V13 M12 again. Um, I think cause I was watching, um, I really liked Danny Beers skating in them and wanted to get a pair. So I got the proper size, size 10, loved them, had them with wish frames, loved them so much that I got the, the midnight V13s. Love those two. Roses, the quality was really good. Roses, I guess, Volo, Volo V13, Roses M12. Yeah, the quality was good. Loved those skates. They were a little soft, especially in hot weather, but with the intuitions um, and the wish frames, it was like having a new experience with an old uh, favorite. The exact boot that I skated, but with a lower cuff, maybe a bit softer. Um, then there was a 2020 K2 boot that was never released. It had the 250cc tongue um, and flex points. It's too bad it never came out. Maybe it will one day. It was a big improvement on the unnatural. Then the them skates came out and I tried, I got the black and ivory in medium. They both felt too big even with the intuitions. The ivory felt extra soft. So a new skate crisis had begun. And I think I went back to the K2s or I was skating my wizard boots more. Um, I skated the blacks a little bit, skated the ivories a little bit. Then I heard Danny had downsized into um, the small shell. Very exciting time for skating in terms of the uh, idea and the man behind them. Um, and just a shift in general in skating that was super exciting. Kind of matched the excitement of the wizard stuff for me. But the aggressive, it maybe it kind of renewed my interest in aggressive in a, in a new way, doing tricks on rollerblades. So when I found out Danny downsized, I got a set of small um, them skates, the 908. Did I say 908 or 909? 909's not out yet. But I got small black 908s, downsized. They hurt my feet. And I got small Dars later on. They hurt my feet. Took them to a ski shop, tried to get them punched out. Still hurt my feet. Loved the way they skated. Really liked them with the intuitions. Just too small and the medium was too big. Um, but then they came out with the their own intuitions. The blue them 909 LE with their own intuitions, which is it's a bit thicker than the tra traditional Intuition skate liner. Fills out the shell more. I got them dialed. Uh, these are some of my favorite aggressive inline skates I've had in a long time with the with the them Intuitions. They fit really well. Really enjoying doing post slides in them. I got the fit dialed. Had to try a bunch of different them skates, but I'm even more excited for the 909 now. Um, and I have my big wheel setup dialed because I got the updated wizard boot with the bigger toe box and intuition liners. I have, it took all this time in trying all of these skates for me to figure out a simple boot, 
with a comfortable liner with either anti-rocker or a nice grinder blading frame. Sorry for using that word if it offends you. And then a comfortable uh, liner, intuition liner on a carbon boot with a wizard frame and high quality wheels. It's like the, everything had come together. There's, you just see two skates. You can't combine both. There's the big wheeling setup that is fast and has bits of speed skating and slalom with ski influence liner. And then there's the liner, that liner, but a thicker version that fits in a simple plastic boot. I like where I'm at. Thank you for listening. That was a lot. Hopefully that wasn't too fast. Jeez. Thank you.